I'm Amin. This is my boy KB. We got a special guest in the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keese Keesler. All right. The Keese. That's what we call him. He's our cool uncle. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes, you hear that? <laughs> There's much more where that came from. Uh, he's professor of spiritual formation at Friends University in Wichita, Kansas. Um, his interest center uh, on transformation studies and missiology. Um, Keese has done extensive mission work in Kenya and other countries around the world. Uh, he was the teaching pastor of Rhythm Church in Miami, Florida. I might add, when LeBron James was there. Mm -hmm. uh, we both took our talents. Yeah, they to did. South they Beach. South Beach. Yeah, we did. Uh, and he is now working on a PhD at the University of Oxford. And no, not he, really, actually. I like Oxford, but it's at VU in Amsterdam. It's just as cool, though. Yeah. You gotta let that ride, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you but did. I'm a poser if I didn't but this is there. a. Like, mm -hmm, yeah, Oxford. yeah, Oxford, yes. <laughs> uh, but uh, you do have your master's from Princeton. Yeah. Which is impressive. Okay. We don't even know all the ins and outs of Princeton. Okay. But the fact that it's Princeton, we have been taught hmm. to revere those type of guys. But you know what? You're so cool. It just cool, makes man. perfect sense. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> okay. Princeton must be something because Keys graduated from there. So yes. anyways, this is our brother. Hey, we uh, have a great relationship with Keys. We have been uh, fellowshipping with one another for years now. Yes. Uh, he really is like our cool uncle. We were just talking about that, <laughs> uh, even though he's not uh, that much older than us, mm -hmm. um, if 10 years is not that much. But uh, I'm joking. He's, <laughs> he's only 42. Hey, Anyways. I'm just excited to be here with y'all, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This. this is fun. Yeah. Man. We uh, have a lot of... Um, Keith is one of our brothers that we have so much respect for. His perspective is uh, uh, sort of um, the... The, the emphasis that he brings and just the, the the things that he does. I would love you to talk about Desert Days is something that has mm. influenced the way that we think about our mm. spiritual formation. Amen. Um, but we also have great um, we, have, we have great debates because because Keith does come from a slightly different yeah. uh, theological tradition than we do. One, one of those areas we want to start with <laughs> he's already smiling is gun control. Now Keith is a self identified pacifist. Can I say that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Now, I mean over here is a self-identified <laughs> NRA card. I'm holding. not an NRA card holder. <laughs> I don't I don't get down with NRA. I don't approve of NRA. <laughs> but no. he's very pro second amendment. Yeah. Okay. And okay. um so we just want to ask you your stance on guns. Yeah. That's very broad. You want me to narrow yeah, it very broad. And this came about, we, we just discovered this last night. Yes. You me talking. Yes, he gave right. me a hug and he felt my gun. <laughs> and he was like, hey, what's this? Uh, a, a pacifist <laughs> and a packer. So, <laughs> a pacifist and a packer. <laughs> yeah, I was sharing last night. You asked um, what I've been up to. I've been in Toronto as part of a meeting of a potential new network of neo-Anabaptist churches. Mm, right? Wow. And... Not not anti-Baptist, but Anabaptist. Anabaptist. Mm -hmm. And the Anabaptist tradition is um, heavily focused on discipleship. Jesus puts his foot here. We put our foot there. Mm -hmm. And because of that, a real commitment to the nonviolent way of Jesus. So that's just kind of how it came out. And you asked me, well, are you pacifist? I said, yeah, I am. Mm -hmm. That's where I am. That's where I am today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um I'm open to seeing it otherwise. Of I know it is a complex issue. Yeah. Uh, but that's where I've been for a while, mm. for over a decade. Wow, yeah. okay. And I wasn't, I became, here I'll give you fun, fun little history. Growing up, I was obsessed with G.I. Joe action figures. Sure, sure. I loved He-Man. Yeah. I loved He-Man. Um, and into high school, uh, oh, well, let me... As a kid, I told my parents, you know, what do you, that question, what do you do? What do you want to be when you grow up? Uh -huh. What did you say, by the way, for each of you to that? What did you want to be when you... A surgeon. A surgeon. But that's just because I thought every, everybody said it was prestigious, and I just wanted to have praise heaped upon myself <laughs> okay. as a child. You didn't even know what a surgeon was. I was, was. just like, you, I, you just I just want to be a surgeon because okay. it makes adults happy when I say it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sure. I wanted to make my mom happy. So I said preacher, actually. Okay. Yeah. Ironic enough, had no interest at all in preaching. But, uh, yeah. but I said preacher, yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. 
Uh, well, I didn't say a preacher or a surgeon. I just said a soldier. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even like a, a patriotic thing. I wouldn't do it for the country. Yeah. It was like a violence thing. It was like, I want to fight. Mm. Wow. I was just in love with, because I'm watching G.I. Joe. I'm doing of He-Man. Course. I'm seeing, and I just wanted to be a soldier. Uh-huh. So, uh, so then in high school, uh, I become a follower of Jesus. Yeah. But I don't become a pacifist. And in fact, I'm still very much in this culture. I mean, we just, man, we are, we are raised to believe in the myth of redemptive violence, mm-hmm. that violence can solve problems. Mm-hmm. And me and my friends who were like accountability brothers, we had this spiritual friendship stuff going on late in high school, and we were really encouraging one another. Well, we get together and watch uh, Ultimate Fighting. Yeah. What is it? UFC. U- yes. UFC. And also, I mean, we were really into that, and then we'd stay up all night playing uh, GoldenEye 007. Yes, on, we did the on same thing on N64. Yeah, it's yeah, a yes. great party game. Which I could crush that. Yeah, I was yes. incredible. I yeah. would play the walls. And yeah. Just, okay, and so. then you get Odd Job, and he's really short. Yes. I'm sorry, go ahead. Okay, yes, yes, I know absolutely. what you're talking about. Take yeah. me back. <laughs> but here's the thing. You know, hours upon hours of just shooting one. Though. Yeah. Somebody think, oh, it's a video. But I was into it. I mean, all this stuff kind of factors into... So it wasn't until much later that Jesus converted me into being a pacifist. Mm. Mm -hmm. And it was the logic and witness of Jesus himself Mm -hmm. uh, that I I found that it was... uh, Just like Martin Luther King Jr. owned a gun when he first uh, was in the pastorate. Mm -hmm. But within a year of... Uh, the uh, the bo- the bus boycott. He had gotten rid of his gun because it came in the way of him following Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he later said that he felt safer with the gun out of his house than he did with the gun in his house. So that's yeah. a little bit of my background. Of yeah, how I got it's something I've wrestled with a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and let me sense. let me just say that I can resonate with King on that. Yeah, when it comes to concealed carry. So um, I'll put it out there that. I'm licensed. Uh, there was, especially around the time where um, um, Trump was elected, uh, whether, it was his, whether it was his intention or not um, is besides the point, but there was a rise in hate crimes against um, black churches yeah. uh, and black people. Um, and uh, th- it just was this swell that was like exploding all over the nation. Mm. And uh, I felt that uh, not only... To protect now, if I was preaching at church, I wouldn't I wouldn't have it on me, but I would have it on me just if I was just attending. I would I would have my concealed uh, carry, and I and I bought this belly band that you know so it fits very comfortably. You can jog in it, you know, and stuff like that. And to to try to make it a part of who I was when mm-hmm. I'm in public, I will be carrying mm-hmm. uh, to protect myself and to protect others. Now I, I talked to you about uh, I do break a lot of the rules that. Uh, th- those who practice that tactical stuff, you know, in terms of being ready to pull and draw, I, I, I purposely had it on me in such a way that it would be harder to pull it out quickly, which I know is I, I can hear uh, a friend of mine uh, saying, what an idiot you, that, that you defeated the whole point. Um, but I do. I did want it to be the last resort. Like I, I, yeah. would, re- I would rather die than to take somebody else's life. Uh, I, I wanted to be like if there was. There's no other option. This person, I could stop this person from killing everybody. You know what I'm saying? Um, then I'll pull it out and I'll have time to think about it. Lord, I don't know what the situation would be. Right, Hopefully right. i have time. But if I don't have time to think about it, then I would rather die than to, because to, I don't want to kill anyone. But I also want to be a protector. That's, I'm shepherd at heart. That's who I am. However, I stopped caring more recently hmm. because, to King's point, the awareness that I have lethal force on me is just something that I just never, I just couldn't get comfortable with it. Right. Like I just, it just, I was, I was always pulling my shirt down. I realized yeah, that if yeah. it's seen, you know, mm-hmm. crime, you know yeah. what I mean? I, yeah. I, I, I was, I just mm. couldn't concentrate. I, I found mm. it sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I, I didn't, I don't know if it's personality or mental mm. maturity, but I just could not, I have friends. Mm. Uh, Jim Finney, uh, a guy who I have so much respect for, yeah. is a mentor of mine. Uh, that brother's strapped head to toe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, if something fails, he has a fail. Uh, he has a fail switch and, and a backup for a backup, mm-hmm. and he's comfortable. I just, uh, I mean, I respect him, but I, I just couldn't get there. So mm-hmm. some of that tension, mm-hmm. I don't. For me, it isn't 
so much as I feel like it's dishonoring Jesus hmm. as much as I personally just didn't, I, it, it creates another kind of um, safety issue mm-hmm. uh, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's uncomfortable. So I just feel better. Let me say a couple of things. I really appreciate, I really appreciate yeah. that we're having this conversation. Right. Um, and yeah, that we're creating space for this. I want to, I want to recognize first off, like it is different, it is different for the black church, mm-hmm. and it is different for African Americans today. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, I just want to recognize that we're not coming to the issue. Oh yeah, I mean, from the same place, and I want to be sensitive to that with the 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 uh, Dylan Roof and with other things that have happened. Yeah, and with just kind of the rise of white nationalism. Yeah, in the country. Yeah. Um, so I am super sympathetic to that. Yeah. But I think um, I agree with the early church, with the church fathers, Mm -hmm. who said they believed that when Jesus disarmed Peter in the garden, Mm -hmm. he disarmed all Christians Mm -hmm. thereafter. Mm -hmm. That we we belong to a different kingdom, that our allegiance is to a different king, and it's the peaceable kingdom of God, and it's the prince of peace that Mm -hmm. we follow. I got to... So one thing that you were sharing in sure. there that I want to go in Let's at go. the come beginning. On, come on, bro. <laughs> come on. You said, so if you're attending worship, you've been comfortable with, with having your gun on you. But you said, Somewhat, yeah. I wouldn't if I was in the pulpit. Yes. Why? I wouldn't because for me, the, the pulpit is sacred. The, the act of me standing up there preaching is the laying down my life in that moment. So for me, it's a... it's. It's, I'm calling people to, uh, to repentance. I'm calling people to the kingdom. And if somebody were to burst down the door, mm. I would want my witness in that moment to be shielding people or, or mm. trying to mm. obstruct the situation yeah. with my own life. Yeah. Right. Now, let me say one thing, though. Why not? In no, hold, hold on, hold on. I know exactly where you're going. Let me just say, <laughs> the reason that I would support other brothers in the church or sisters in the church still carrying is because once you know especially somebody's coming in with an ar-15 once i have i have you know my, my my fate is sealed by trying to shield or trying to obstruct uh those bullets are going through me, brother. We're talking, you know, it was what is the eight? What's the AR? Two two threes. Yeah. Okay. They're, so they're I mean, pretty these, big. these these aren't these aren't like uh you know obviously when someone gets shot you're leaking. I mean it, you don't die instantly typically unless you get hit you know in your brain or neck or something like yeah. that or heart. But typically you're, you're just leaking. Even if I got shot with a, a handgun, I would still have maybe have time before my life expired. But if someone comes in with a uh, you know, someone comes in with an AR-15. I'm, I'm talking organs are exploding in my sure. body as I'm, sure. I'm, I'm out of there. So once I'm down, my witness is secured. Praise God! I'm well received into glory, and folks will use my death as a platform to share the gospel. However, my wife and my children are still there. Yeah, and if there are other gentlemen there that can actually stop the man, now I, I think that there's greater value in the witness of laying down your life for for others mm. but there that doesn't mean that there isn't value mm. in stopping a threat mm-hmm. um for the sake of the congregation for the sake of the people that you love i think yeah, yeah. And there is a difference between uh we hit on this last night yeah, yeah, in our yeah. brief little chat about it is difference between passiveism mm-hmm. and pacifism yes so passive ism yeah. and pacifism they come from two different latin roots pacifism well, now I'm confusing myself. <laughs> Passiveism yeah. is where you uh, accept whatever happens without resistance. Mm-hmm. Pacifism is the active working to resolve conflict by peaceful means. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Huge difference there. Of Jesus course. doesn't say, blessed are the peacekeepers, yeah. but blessed are the peacemakers, Makers. Yeah. which implies that you take peace to where it does not exist. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would not, and we can get into some of the hypotheticals. I actually think the principles at the heart of it are more important than Agreed. the hypothet- yeah. hypotheticals. But in that hypothetical situation, I'm quite okay with with tackling or trying to take a person out, but not with lethal force. Mm-hmm. It's because I cannot, how can I follow 
the Prince of Peace who tells me to love my enemies right, right. if I mm -hmm. shoot at him. And mm -hmm. if you pull a gun, you, you're taught intent to kill, right? If yeah. you pull yeah. yes. and shoot a gun. Yes. So when people say, well, Keith, you could carry a gun, but you could just shoot their feet. That doesn't work just like keep that. It. No, you were yeah. taught that you, if you're going to fire that thing, you, mm -hmm. you, you shoot to kill. Mm -hmm. I mean, but could you be, if you were taught differently, let's say you were, you were, you were taught to shoot to wound, which, which, which is almost impossible, which is impossible in a high because, stress situation. You know, yeah, high stress, yeah. and then and handguns are so inaccurate. I mean, like, yeah. you, you empty it and you may not even hit the dude even if you're At close all. to him. Yeah. But if you were taught to shoot yeah. to, to disable, would it not, obviously, I don't want to put my fists, who I do, I do believe my fists are dangerous, but obviously my fists are not as dangerous as a handgun. But if you were to tackle a man, yeah, and you were trying to disarm him, yeah, unless you're trained in, you know, some of these these uh, martial yes. arts where you yes. can move energy around without yes. actually injuring the person, which I have friends that are Christians that are pacifists that have. Uh, actually, it, gone to these classes that have trained in those martial arts. Where yeah, you, you, the, the, the force that's that's at you, you mm -hmm. redirect yeah. it back towards. It's like some Krav Maga, all kind of stuff. But I like think that, that yeah. most, for for the most part, individuals are going to use their fists to stop this yeah. person. I mean, yeah. and I think that's a part of. Yes. that's a part of it. Is that as I'm tackling you. I am. I'm having to do something to damage you to stop you from killing everybody else. Yeah. And I, I, I. And I don't. You know. I, I know. I, I. This is probably going to slip into. A, you know. Is one life more important than the many life? Than in many lives. Uh, which is pretty. It's crystal clear in our culture that if we got to kill a few people to save many, let's just do it. But I. I, I do think that there is. A, I don't want to overlook the value of the gunman. That, that is an image bearer. That, that is a, a soul. Uh, but this gunman, in some ways, has chose death by walking into the building. They, they, they've chose to end their life, whether they're going to take their own lives once they're finished, which, which typically happens. But there's also the fact that once you are apprehended by law enforcement, your life is over. They're either going to kill you, the state is going to kill you, or you will rot in jail. Either way, most of these gunmen walk mm, into these mm. situations having already made their bed of death. Mm. Their only goal is to bring as many people, have as many people lay down with them. If that is the case, is accelerating the inevitable by defending your congregation or defending people in public, uh, is, is, that, is that not just being a part of what's already happened. Well, I think from Death for a, him, life if, for us. If I'm going to try and yeah. get into this mentally, right? Mm -hmm. That's what you have to do with some of these hypotheticals. And that person walking into, so do you want to do a public space or you want to do a Let's church? do a public space. Okay. Yeah. A public space. So, or we could say in the home, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's the classic one. John, John Howard Yoda, the Mennonite theologian that, yes. that I've been very influenced, wrote a little ways. book called... Uh, what would you do? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it is, if, if someone is about to kill a loved one, what mm -hmm. would you do? Mm -hmm. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is, okay, so I need to take this person out because they're going to take me out. You live by the sword, you die by the sword, a dog-eat-dog -dog world. That's that mentality. Um, survival of the fittest. So my, my Christian values... My uh, kingdom worldview yeah. goes against that number one. Yeah, because yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna live forever. That's right. I believe that my uh, destiny is secure right. in the kingdom. That mm -hmm. I'm always safe in the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. I'm always safe in the kingdom of God. They mm -hmm. can take my life now, but I'm always safe in the kingdom of God. I would imagine that this person that is threatening me or my family does not have that security. Yeah. No. And if you're coming from a traditional, uh, we could say an orthodox, historic, conservative Christian position, that there is a heaven and a hell, that there is eternal mm -hmm. judgment. Mm -hmm. You're okay with, I'm going to pull my gun, take this person out, and essentially damn the person. Yeah. Essentially send them to hell. Mm -hmm. When, if it's the congregation, it's my family, there's this security. So it's not simply a um, utilitarian world worldview of like, one life for the many. Sure, sure, sure. It's it's a little bit different from that when you're when you're coming at it from a, a Christian perspective. Yeah, well, I I think that, but That's I very think good, I think that is really good. I think that the difference though is that there, I do not believe 
Denzel Washington's famous line in the movie when he said, forgiveness is between forgiveness is between him and God. It's my job to arrange the meeting. I don't think that that's how our mindset should be. Oh no, you right? did. It's it's it, it. So I don't think I don't think. God, yeah, bro. I don't think that that's how our mindset our, our mindset should be. That that look, it's my job if you're in here threatening my family to get you to eternity as fast as possible. Yeah. I don't think that that's how I'm thinking about it. Um, I look at it from the perspective though, and I don't think I'm even looking at it from the perspective of their sin and judgment. But we have to be honest with the fact that when we sin that there's consequences for your sin, mm. right? Yeah. And that yeah. the thing about sin is that it's never safe, so you can't ever manage the consequences. Right. So this, 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 you may be able to rob a bank and get away with it. Mm. Um, you may be able to rob a bank and get caught and go to jail for 10 years, or you may rob a bank and get shot and die. You, don't, you can't control any of those things, right. but you've assumed all of those risks once you decided to step into that bank and rob yeah, it, or once yeah. you've decided to come in yeah. through this window of this home or go into Publix and shoot people up in a... A grocery store, yeah. whatever the case may be. Um, so I I feel as mm-hmm. if though it, it, my mindset is not okay. This dude is shooting up the place. I'm gonna kill him necessarily because he's already made the decision. But I do believe that there is value in stopping someone from taking or devaluing the Imago Dei, whether they're Christian or non-Christian, by wiping it out as if though it doesn't mean anything. And people can say, well, you're doing the same thing. And I will say, I don't really think it's the same thing in the sense, because I actually do value this person's life. Mm -hmm. I do. I I, I wouldn't want to take this person's life, but I want to stop this person. So I, I mean, if, if, God forbid I would have to shoot someone, I hope I never would. I don't want to kill them. I want to stop them. But if they die, then I, I feel as if though that is a risk that you took. I'm not trying to send you to hell, yeah. but your sin has consequences yeah, right. and you're going to be judged. That's really good. And, and, and you cannot decide whether or, or not God is going to send me, yeah. going to use me to judge you. I don't know that. You don't know that. But you're talking about this person, and I, and I, like, uh, I like what you're working with here. Mm-hmm. A decision has consequences. I just, yeah, but you're it, 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 yeah. This person, and I you wanna, can't manage those I consequences. I want to back it up and say, for you and me, uh huh, our decision has consequences. The prior decision mm-hmm. to give our lives to Jesus, mm-hmm. to become a follower. I teach Christian spiritual formation. Exactly. Field, yes. Yes. Which is the process, the ongoing process of becoming a person who resembles Jesus in lifestyle, values, belief, Amen. and purpose. Amen. Yeah. That prior decision has consequences. Mm-hmm. Consequences for how we live in this world. Amen. That we can't separate that. Mm-hmm. So when our Lord, which means master mentor, mm-hmm. to say, to say, I love it when Dallas Willard says, you can't say Jesus is Lord without also saying Jesus is brilliant. Yeah. Jesus is the smartest man that has ever lived. Amen. Um, he, he was absolutely brilliant. And so we believe that he has the best take on human life, on mm-hmm. any given issue at mm-hmm. any given time. He is our mentor. I want to be like you. I want to be shaped in your way. Mm-hmm. And our mentor and master mm-hmm. gave his life for his enemies yeah. Yeah. rather than, than fighting back, rather than striking back. Yeah. So I think of Romans 12. Yeah. Do not repay evil for evil. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. I think of, I mean, the Sermon on the Mount, which... The, the uh, South African missiologist David Bosch mm-hmm. in his book Transforming Missions says that church history, uh, after, you get, after you get through the first 300 years, because for the first 300 years of church's existence, it was nonviolent. Yeah. Yeah. Now, think back from, we go, oh yeah, early church, whatever. No, no, think right now, 2018, back 300 years, mm-hmm. and it gives you a sense of how long that is. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. For the first 300 years of the church's existence, it was nonviolent. Right. Even when a Roman soldier would become a Christian, they would immediately be faced with the decision that they either quit their post mm-hmm. or they renounce their new faith. Mm-hmm. They were seen as incompatible, yeah. mm-hmm. right? So... Um, and I lost my train of thought. No, no, it's okay. It's good. Yeah, I, I, I think, I, but yes, so I... Oh, oh here it is. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go, go, ahead brother. go ahead, So brother. back to David Bosch. Yes. He says when you get past those 300 years, you find that church history is just one long, giant parade yeah. around the clear instructions of the Sermon on the Mount. Hmm. Yeah. 
No, that, that, that's powerful. Yeah, yeah, that, I think I think that is powerful. Uh, drop the mic and walk off stage. Well, we don't have to drop the mic. We can no, keep no, no, going no, here. No, no. But, but what do we do with that? We have found all these crafty ways to get around the clear teachings of Jesus, right? And the great, the great commission is what: go therefore into the world, make make disciples of all nations. Uh-huh baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. So immersing them in the Trinitarian reality mm-hmm. of life with Father, Son, Spirit, right? And all that means, that's the great commission, the great omission yeah, yeah, yeah. is mm-hmm. the next part. Absolutely. Teaching them everything that I've taught you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we've separated that. We've done it in our creeds, mm-hmm. but we've done it in our creeds of, I believe in, I believe in God the Father, yeah. Almighty Creator of heaven and earth. Yeah. I believe in Jesus Christ, his son, our Lord, mm-hmm. conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, born of the Virgin Mary. And then you go straight there from birth to what? Suffered under Pontius Pilate. Yeah. Was crucified, died, and buried. Descended to the dead. Mm-hmm. On the third day, he rose again. So you've got, you've got the birth. Yeah. You've got the death. You've got the resurrection. What's missing? His life. Mm, we yeah. have found these creative ways to get around it's it kinda... to where you end up with, as Dallas Willard said, vampire Christians who want Jesus for his blood and yeah, nothing but else. Not for, yeah, they don't yeah. want his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, what were you going to share? Wait, can no, I just say no, something? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Keith, wh- how would you react to this? I think the... Probably the, peacefully. I reacted. <laughs> <laughs> you mean passivism? Uh, <laughs> um, so, so, I think some might say that what we see in the garden is not about the sword as much as is it as much as it is about peter obstructing the the will of god jesus has made it very clear that he has come to die said it over and over and over again peter on multiple occasions is you know trying to get in the way of that one time jesus says stop satan get behind okay me. so here here you have this this guy acting out again and Jesus goes in, and he does show mercy by healing the soldier's uh, ear. But it really was because Peter was getting in the way of where Jesus was going. But that isn't necessarily saying that Jesus would be opposed to the actions of the disciples to protect a loved one. Because, and then let me let me make that point. And let me move move to. I'm gonna make three three very quick points. Mm-hmm. The second thing I want to say is that I think that one is it possible. How would you react to somebody say that it is possible to be nonviolent? I am. I want to say that I'm nonviolent. I I, I do. Yeah. Mm. Um. And and obey the, the ways of Jesus. Mm. Uh. However, if you're to be, and I don't want to be a consistency Nazi, but w- when you define what violence is, that is using force on any level. Mm. To, what it seems like. Maybe it's not, you define it's not just it. death. It's not just death. But if I were because if I saw, if, 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 uh, if I walked in the house and I saw a man uh, attacking one of my children or attacking my wife, if he has an arm, and there's something, in our, there's, there's something in our laws that says you have to meet force with uh, um, consistent force. So you, you can't meet a, a paperclip with a machete. Mm-hmm. You know, so if, if someone is, is, is hurting my wife, with their bare hands, or my children with their bare hands, and I go and respond to that, I'm going to have to use force to stop them. I, and, and again, have you ever asked your wife what she would want you to do? What if she said, don't take that man's life? I'm just saying. Perhaps might, I won't. No, so I'm not saying take his life. I'm not, I'm not going to say, let's say I don't have a gun. Let's say I just go, I'm a train, I'm kind of a trained fighter. I can, I can take him off and to stop him means to get him unconscious. If that's choking him out or that's, you know, knocking him out cold, whatever it is, I'm going to have to use some level of violence to stop him from doing that. And, and what you're saying to me is, is that that in, in the pacifist uh, viewpoint, that unless you're moving energy around where you can safely, to safely control this oftentimes inebriated or uh, strung up on, you know, bath salt or whatever it may be, uh, heroin, you know, so on and so forth, that I can sort of use their energy and di- uh, disarm the situation without us- using violence. And, and that's what I would have to do or Jesus wouldn't be honored with it. It seems to not account for how these things actually happen. Yeah, and I... So let me just. And the last thing is, yeah. what do you do with Luke twenty two? This is what, I, and I, I am not making any exegetical points. You're the exegete here, not me. Yeah. But 
a lot of folks bring up Luke 22 and they say, well, Jesus is, is telling his disciples to go on about their business yeah. as before he goes to the cross in Luke 23. And he says, sell your possessions um, and get a sword. If you don't have a sword, get one. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, that's the two swords, right? Is that the two swords? I can, I can pull yeah, it pull that up yeah. while I, while yeah, I respond ahead, to ahead. the other one, which is I, I don't want to get di- distracted on this. I just want to make this point that, gotcha. that the, the question I posed to you, have you ever actually asked your wife what she would want you to do? Because these yeah. hypothetical scenarios that we always come up with, we just need to recognize that embedded in that yeah. is this tone of patriarchy. Mm. I, yeah, I don't disagree with that. It is always the Call yes. Out, I don't know. I don't disagree little, with that. The little children, okay, yeah. <laughs> or it's the wife, or uh-huh. it's the mother, right? Uh-huh. It's always. And do we ever pause and ask them, "What would you?" We're just assuming that we do, you know, that you're this passive victim that can do nothing. What if, um, what if the mom or the wife or the little old lady says, "Don't you dare to mm-hmm. take this person's life." Mm-hmm. And uh, in the name of saving me, don't mm-hmm. because as Christians, bless you over there, as Christians, we will die um, for others. Mm-hmm. We will die for our faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we don't kill for our faith, and this is something mm-hmm. that actually sets us apart from Muslims. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. That's right. right. Yeah, and and I wonder what how they would uh, respond to that. For for instance, there is a story of a pregnant mother who uh, someone broke into the house, had a knife up to her throat, was about to slit her throat. So here's the scenario. There's no man around of right, course. to say, hey, I'm going to save the day or whatever. Yeah. So what does that, what do you do? Mm-hmm. You know what she does? She gets creative. And this is kind of Yoder's, one of Yoder's arguments And what would you do. I mean, his conclusion, you were mm-hmm. asking me last night, his conclusion, he gets down to it, is that um, we don't have courage. Yeah. And we don't have, because we don't have creativity. Violence is so un, uncreative. Yeah. So what does she do with the knife pulled up? She just, in a moment, she goes, your mother forgives you. Mm-hmm. I don't know where in the world that came where from. It came, yeah. But she just said, your mother forgives you for what you've done. And, and this boy stopped. It just froze him. Mm-hmm. And, and he began to tear up, mm-hmm. and then he began to bawl, mm-hmm. to cry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he, put down his, he put down his weapon, and, and, and as he began to sob harder and harder, uh, he just kind of rolled up in a little ball. She goes into the next room, pulls out a phone, calls the cops. They, yeah, they yeah. arrest this guy, yeah. right? Um, as he is sobbing and they're arresting him, she feels compelled to come back in and to actually minister to him. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's powerful. The, this guy ends up becoming a Christian in yeah. prison yeah. and attributes it to this woman. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and another example, there was a guy named Julio Diaz, I believe was his name. Uh, this is an NPR story back in 2008. I used this in a sermon. He was getting off of work in uh, Harlem. He was waiting for the train. It was late in the day. Kid comes up, pulls a knife, puts it up to his belly and says, give me your wallet. Mm-hmm. Just reaches back. Now, if he has a gun, what does he do? He's trained, you know, his instinct instead he reaches back. Maybe. Pulls his we wallet. assume that. Maybe. Because okay. I, I would give the kid my wallet. And okay. I know a lot of other gun carriers that would give the kid his wallet too because there's no okay. reason for me to shoot this guy. Yeah. So he gives him the wallet. Yeah. Um, and as he's walking off, he says, hold on. Mm-hmm. The guy turns back and he says, if you're going to be out all night doing this, <laughs> you, you at least need a jacket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he gives him his jacket. Yeah, yeah. And he's given him the jacket. He says, why would you do this when I'm robbing you? Exactly. And he says to him, well, I think you probably need it. And look, all I was going to do with my wallet is go get some dinner tonight. I'm hungry. You want to join me for dinner? The, the kid actually accepts. They get on the train. They ride to the diner. They go in. Everybody knows this. I think his name was Julio Diaz. Everybody yeah. says, hey, Julio, everybody. They sit down. They're having dinner together. At some point, the kid says, how does everybody here know your name? He says, oh, I go through this place all the time. He goes, but even like the bus boys and stuff yeah. know your name. Why are you nice to them? And he says, well, weren't you taught to, to be nice to everyone? Yeah. He says, yeah, but I don't actually do it. It gets to the end of the meal. They bring the check. Guy says, well, since you have my wallet, I think you're going to have to pick up the tab. 
But how about this? How about you give me your my wallet? I'll I'll take care of the tab. He gives the wallet back. He pays for dinner. Then as they're walking out, he says, "Look, I'm going to give you twenty dollars, and uh, but I want something in return. I, I want your knife." Yeah. Kid gives him his knife. Yeah. Dude, that is the that's the third way of Jesus. It's I not think that's amazing. it's not responding in violence and it's not just rolling over and being passive. It's this creative third way of yeah. turning the other cheek, of giving mm-hmm. up your coat, of walking an extra mile. Yeah. I think that's powerful. Well, I, my question is though, can Christians do that with a gun on them though? And I think that the I think the answer to that is yes. And I think that I think that even with me, that's my mindset. So this is the thing I think. I think that a lot of people think that gun-carrying Christians, mm. not even Christians, gun-carrying Americans, especially because of how we are taught to think about guns in America, is, the, is that we are automatically trained to shoot, Yeah. that if there is an act of violence, that we're always going to just result to violence. Nobody thinks about the gunman dying with the gun on him getting shot by the by yeah. the guys, scenarios yeah. that I've thought about for myself a bunch of times, right. and I think that I think that that's also unfair too because we it gets the rap that every gun carrying American person. I understand that because of my own critique of America and guns. We have a very weird relationship with guns. There's more guns in America than people, so yes, I have right. a lot of it critique about guns in America myself. Um, but I think that along with that, we get rolled up in the gun-toting AR-15 holding, yeah. I'm going to shoot first, ask questions later. <laughs> we don't call the uh, police here. Ideology, yeah. Right. We don't call right. the police ideology sure. <laughs> um, just because we own them or just because we may carry them. And I think that that's also unfair because I can do what that guy did and that kid can never know that I have a gun on me. And I think that for me, my mind is it has to be an absolute last resort. For me, yeah. my absolute last resort yeah. is you're stabbing. Maybe you may be able to stab me, and I may not still. I may still not pull it on you. I may be willing to die. But I think that that it's much more nuanced than being yeah. f- shooting and killing or just or or mm. disarming in the way that you're saying. I mm. think that both sides make it black and white. I yeah. think that what I would like both sides to do is play in the area of nuance. And I yes. think that that's how I feel about it, is that I can be that guy with the gun on me. I w- or, go ahead, go ahead, I'm or, I'm sorry, I can be that guy with the gun on me, or mm-hmm. my wife can be that woman with the gun in the house. Um, I think that it automatically, automatically gets assumed that since we have it, we will use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and since we feel like we have a right to use it, we will always shoot and try to kill or whatever the case may be. And I don't think that that's the case all the time. Yeah. But it. But and and um. But I think that for us, we think about it as a last resort. And I don't just think about it in the sense of people shooting up churches, but just because of where I live. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have friends, personal friends, yeah. that has home invasions happen to them. One friend of mine mm-hmm. is blind in his eye now because a dude came in, tied him up. Him and him and people in his house. Pistol whipped him. He lost vision in his eye. Mm-hmm. All of these things um, that has happened, and that's just from the neighborhood that I stay in. I have people that yeah. got robbed at a drive-through McDonald's at gunpoint. All of these things. Yeah. Now, you, I may get out the car. You can take it. I'm not going to shoot you. Yeah. But I feel like I can, as a last resort, if I have to, be able to protect my life and the life mm-hmm. of others. Right. In that way, it doesn't mean that I'm going to go that way. But it means that I feel like if I have the option, yeah, that. I could that that it yeah. could be well, taken, and, and, and I don't think it is necessarily. Before you, before you respond, go ahead. let me just jump, just piggyback uh, on that and say that um, I think too that there's probably a need for redemptive training around Amen. Uh, a Christian gun owner. I, I think even mm-hmm. even because uh, I, I hear what you're saying, and I think a lot of what you're saying is a response to the American way. You know, God, guns, and Can country. Because I want to, I want to. I want to listen to what you're saying, but you don't want to forget your this. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, go ahead. Um, so you know, it, you know, you got you know, God's got God, gun, and country, and this this uh, yeah. conflation of 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 the three. And I think that there is a knee jerk reaction, even when I talk to people who are like gun enthusiasts. They do see some of them do seem, especially the non Christian ones. They they do seem like they are excited to take somebody. A lot of them, they're even like, Christians, they're, like, they're I hoping mean, that somebody yeah. would. And and that's we're not that person, but mm-hmm. I do like I mentioned Jim Finney earlier as a um, a mentor of us who we kind of grew up with, um, who is very very much uh, pro Second Amendment, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if I've met anybody more concerned about the souls of men. Oh man, yeah, Some, somebody that that yeah. that is that that takes heaven and hell and his and his life more serious than than that dude. And I do think that there are individuals. 
uh, who can merge some of the, they can merge all of the, 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 the lay your life down first mentality that is the kingdom. Mm. And if we're in a situation and we have the power mm. to stop someone, we don't want it to be lethal. Mm. Of course, it's not our intention. We don't, we don't it get excited about sending people to stand before God who very likely are not in him, mm. in Jesus. Of course. But at the same time, there is the messiness of a fallen world. And I, I want to just say two, two quick things real quick. Mm. One is, I do think that there are a lot of scenarios, though, mm. brother, that aren't really hypotheticals because they've mm. happened in similar fashion mm -hmm. many times. Mm -hmm. um, the home invasion thing, the, 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 the church shooting thing, the, the, the public shooting thing, the, there is there are a lot of similarities, meaning you can train and prepare for those things because they happen very um, uh, they they they, they happen very consistently, and oftentimes in many of those scenarios, the difference maker would have been somebody having a, a gun but, on but, but hold on, Even, hold on. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry I don't want to say that but I'm saying that we usually and I think that what's what the thing about it is if I'm pacifist. My difference maker is calling law enforcement, and sometimes law enforcement is the, di the difference maker, right? So I call Officer Johnson. He comes to the scene. He kills this guy. So or the state, if, or, 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 or the they state. Kill all of us so, are going to go to state. The state's going to kill him. Like that, but I'm just saying that I'm calling somebody to the scene. So if 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 I'm getting a home invasion, if it's a home invasion, I'm struggling with this dude. I call somebody to the scene. Let's say he has a gun. Let's say uh, it could be any of that, and the officers come to the scene and deal with him lethally. I'm still calling. I'm by proxy still calling somebody to the scene that will potentially probably eliminate this guy if he's if if if, if he yeah, it's not more than I would if they see him with a gun they will do it so is I, am I complicit about, we can talk about that but that's yeah. not what we're talking about. that's that, not no, the topic it is uh, it is true it is do we as followers of of Jesus yeah do we arm ourselves um we'll call what about calling upon God hmm. so yeah. I've, I was I was yeah. threatened in England when I lived in England. Yeah. Yes. You told me that. A, you told me that. that was like, please tell that story. <laughs> yes. That was great. I, I worked in England and I worked in a really rough neighborhood mm -hmm. and um, and we had a little coffee shop and in the evenings we would open it up to youth on the streets and there was this uh, guy. His name was Glenn. Um, people had talked about him, about his history. He had been in and out of prison for like a decade. Mm -hmm. um, he had been in for a few years for beating up a cop. Right. And he had just gotten out, and people were saying, hey, Glenn's going to come here. And um, I've told you all this story? Yeah, Pastor you told Darryl it. told me. No, you oh, told me. Yeah, yeah. You told me personally, yeah. yeah. And and he came that evening, and I really tried to engage him. He, he was rough. He was a rough neck. And he came in there, and we were chatting, and uh, he learned that I was a pastor, and he just kind of squared me up and said, oh, yeah, you're a pastor. Yeah, my my, my uh, baby daughter died, you know, one years old. And the place just kind of got quiet. <laughs> yeah. And I said, well, and he said, yeah, why, why did God do that to me? Why did God do that to me? And I said, well, I don't. I don't believe that God did that. I believe that God is all about healing and all about love. And um, I would believe that your baby daughter's in a better place now. And he just looked down and he looked up at me and he got in my face and he said, don't you ever effing say that again. Mm -hmm. Don't you ever. And I said, didn't mean to offend. I just was responding from my heart. And he said, don't you ever. And, and the, you could just see the yeah. rage building up. And he said, I've, I've got me a pistol at home, and I'm going to get it. I'm going to go home right now, and I'll be back, and I'll see you, and, uh, and we'll settle this. And he storms out, and everybody just kind of looks at me. And uh, so I'm going to end Bible study early tonight. So, <laughs> folks, let's uh, turn your Bibles. To yeah. <laughs> so I said, uh, I'm going to go to the restroom. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I did. So right. I go into this little bathroom, and I close the door, and I lock it. And I just look in the mirror, and I'm I am so scared, I'm mm -hmm. so frightened, and uh, and I just cried out to God in that moment, and I said, God, what am I doing here? What's happening? He's coming back with a weapon. God, I just I pray that you would take over this situation, mm -hmm. this moment. Uh, I surrender to you, God. I'm in your hands. 
I'm, that's who I cried out to. Mm. Right, right. And as I'm praying in this bathroom, there's a knock on the door and it says, Glenn is here. He wants to see you. <laughs> Can you tell him to come back so, tomorrow? Yeah, I'm still in the bathroom. <laughs> Get open. Hey, tell Glenn a little bit. Yeah, take Glenn, man. So bed. I just uh, look at myself in the mirror and I just look upward and say, okay, God, you know, um, my life is yours. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. My life is yours. And I walk out and, and, uh, he immediately comes up to me. <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to pull out my yeah. fisticuffs or what, but that's what they call it in the yeah, yeah. But I, I don't. I just, I just stand there, and he comes up to me, and he gives me this huge hug, and he starts to cry. Mm. And he says, I don't know what got into me. I'm sorry. I don't know what to do with my rage. Uh, forgive me. Forgive me. Mm-hmm. Wow. And every, again, everyone is staring at this because they've never seen Glenn like this. I believe that God did something in his heart in that moment. And mm. some of my other friends might say, oh, he just was emotional or whatever. I no. believe in crying out to God Amen. because I didn't have other solutions. And that's where I would go back to your, if a Christian has a gun, he doesn't necessarily have to use it. Yeah, amen. But this is where we take into consideration the formation. How are we formed spiritually? Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, by the time something like this comes up, um, you've already been formed with how you respond. Mm-hmm. I really do believe. Mm-hmm. You know, we forget all this. We think that it's in a vacuum. We're not. We're formed uh, creatures of habit, and we've learned to either cry out to God or to to look for creative solutions, right. or we've been formed and trained to respond in kind, right, with force to meet that. Right, and that's how we um, that's how we protect ourselves. So I I think there's other I've. I've actually um, jumped in the middle of two fights, Mm -hmm. one on the streets of Miami, South Beach, um, road rage where guys got out, um, where I stopped my car. It was right on the the big road that passes over from the mainland to, I can't think of the name, from the mainland to the beach. Right, right, right. There was road rage. They stopped it. It was on the interstate. Everything stopped. And I saw what they were about to do. They got out and started swinging. And I just, I've been trained Mm -hmm. over time. Right. believing that we're called to be peacemakers, yeah. not just keepers, that I jumped out of the car and started yelling at him, got in the middle, yeah. Yeah. yelling at him, what are you doing, what are you doing? Stop this fight um, and did the same thing in Cuba on the streets, which was a little bit more risky because um, right. a dude had broken glass and was trying to cut the other guy. So you, we're trained over time either to resort to those uh, those weapons and those means of violence, right. or to get creative, to call out to God. There's all these other no, no. ways that we can go. I, I totally agree. I, 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 well, I certainly agree with that. Pers- the, the, the angle that you're coming at it at, which is around rejecting self-preservation, mm-hmm. right, and embracing the reality of the kingdom, which is that we are safe with or without that weapon on us. Yeah. And I, I, Amen. I, I see that 100, and I think that needs to be needs so, to be heard so more. And we had, we've had a situation when actually after uh, Amin became, shortly after Amin became a believer. Yeah. Uh, we were South Side St. Petersburg outside my grandmother's house. We, you know, we lived, lived in the hood mm-hmm. and uh, we were outside talking and mm-hmm. some girls were walking by and uh, one of the girls was kind of interested in coming to talk to us and we, we saw this opportunity to share the gospel with her. So mm-hmm. we flipped it and uh, made, you know, it was like, we were like, what y'all doing? We were like, man, talking about Jesus. Do you know him? Yeah. And then we just tried to start sharing the gospel with this yeah. girl. And, yeah, and this yeah. girl's brother yeah. uh, was at this uh, this trap house across the street. Across the street, um, yeah. And if you don't know what trap house is, a, a place where they sell illegal narcotics. Uh, but anyways... Uh, it's a drug distributing facility. Drug facility on the black yeah. market. Yes. Um, so he saw this and thought that it would be a good opportunity to make an example out of dudes trying to talk to his sister. Sister. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, out of the corner of our eye, we saw all these people running. They just, these guys, like, it was like, mm-hmm. they were kids mostly, but they were all running. And she looked at us and said, Oh no, he's about to shoot y'all. And wow. she says, Y'all wait right here. Yeah, she's like, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. So she runs, like, sprints, full out sprints over to the car to this gentleman. I say to him, I mean, I say, I mean, I think we should go in the house, bro. <laughs> now I'm supposed to be the mature. I'm supposed to be the mature Christian here, you know, the discipler. I said, bro, we should we should go in the house right now, bro. And I mean said, if we are going to die, let's die in the field. Yeah. Sharing the gospel. Yeah. 
And I said, okay. <laughs> I never felt good about it, but we stayed out there. Yeah. And by God's grace, she... Uh, she uh, de-escalated the situation. De-escalated situation. Well, yeah. And that's why I think at the beginning when you said, you know, that caught me when you said, if I was in the pulpit though, I wouldn't yeah. do it. And I asked you why, and you said, because in that moment, in that space, I'm laying down my life. Yeah. I'm this, and I would just say, isn't that the call of the entirety of our lives to be in the field and to be, I'm not, a, I'm not a, this is where I differ with King. Uh, King is a huge mm-hmm. influence on my life. But mm-hmm. this is where I differ with King and with Gandhi, who were pragmatic pacifists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not a pacifist because it works. Because it works, yeah. Or because it's going to change the world. I'm a pacifist because it gives witness mm-hmm. to a different reality. We might get mowed down. Mm-hmm. It might not work. But, but it gives witness to this peaceful kingdom of God that there's a different reality, that we're always safe in the kingdom of God. And... This kingdom advances through love, witness, spirit, reason, rhetoric, if need be, martyrdom, but never through violence. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what, and there's no, there's no greater witness to the kingdom, I believe, yeah. than laying down your life right. on behalf of others. Yes, yes, which yes. Which could mean even in a situation like this. Is, it, but you is, have to, but, is God ever violent? Well, well, that, That's that, the question. I was going there too. I mean, because I was going to say, but this dispensation, I actually yeah. literally was thinking that. I was like, God is going to deal with his enemies. He's, he's Violently. Going, he, he has to stop them using violence. And I understand there are probably some theological categories that maybe for this dispensation, as you may see things a, a little bit different. But there is a place where God will step in with the sword and are you handle. I am not dispensation. I mean, use that word. Lowercase d. Lowercase. Lowercase dispensation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that is generically. As I am possible. Kevin Elijah Burgess. We are not dispensationalists. <laughs> but, but, but dispensationalists have the most creative. Oh, well, I don't want to. I don't even want to give them the word creative. They have the wildest way of getting around the Sermon on the Mount. They just say it's yeah. not this dispensation. Well, let me just say that. I just want to say this. So the, the, the text in Luke, Luke 22, 36, is, uh, but now. If you have a purse, take it and also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. Mm-hmm. Which that's a lot it. of commentators would say that's because they were walking on dark roads at night, robbers, stuff yeah. like that to be able to protect themselves. Yeah. 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 Now, a, gu- a sword is not a, a gun, of AR-15. course. If, if Jesus wanted to start a violent revolution, which the zealots were trying to do at the time, yes. Um, he could have. He could have easily. But but Keith, my pushback is: I think that you're making. I, I feel like the the yeah. my, my struggle is is that you're making either we are a violent people mm. or we are a peaceable people. But we, I, I don't think that they are as mutually as exclusive. I don't want to be identified as violence. Let me say it different. Yeah. Either we never use violence. Mm. Um, we, we, we have to never use violence and be peaceable or use violence at all. If you use it at all, you're not peaceable. And I think that that's, that's unfair. And I, and I think that, that we understand each other. I, I know peaceful, peaceable people. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if I, my wife is a very peaceable woman. If, if, if I came home, I, I know I keep using these, patri, these patriarchal, thank you for calling yeah. me out on that. But if I come home and I saw a, a man bleeding on the ground and my wife holding a smoking gun with the kids lined up behind her, Calling 911, get help here quick. We need to try to observe. Maybe she's trying to do CPR or something like that. I would not then throw out who I think she is because of that moment of her trying to protect her children. I do think that there are times... We hope them to be rare. And and listen, think about Jim Elliott. Jim Elliott is 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 down with these native uh, individuals, mm-hmm. these indigenous people. With the uh, Nate Saint was strapped. The, the the pilot was strapped. He had his gun on him. He's firing bullets in the air. Mm. So I know in their mind they have this for mm. an emergency. But he doesn't want to shoot because he knows if I shoot one of these 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 uh, indigenous people, it defeats the whole reason that we're here. Absolutely. Yeah. Because we're here to win them the Christ, and we're literally Absolutely. going to send them to hell right now yeah. uh in in a way because i think you could argue that they're on sentence in the hell but whatever yeah. but the point i'm making is that they decide to fire in the air and not at the indigenous people yeah. then as elizabeth elliott was able to come in and then share the gospel and win those people uh win that that business to this day that 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 yeah. those people Amen. are a christian people Amen. praise that's, god that's powerful witness but i'm not gonna say jim elliott and nate saint were wrong for being strapped in the event that they, if things would have turned out differently 
Okay, if there was a situation where they 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 used that weapon what to would detour have been something. Situation? I mean, this is where the hypotheticals, that's why the formation piece is so important. Going back to what you were saying of a decision has consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to say the prior decision of following Jesus has consequences. Mm-hmm. We need to know what we're signing up to. Mm-hmm. And and like the first church, mm-hmm. you you accept Christ as your master. You renounce violence in all of its forms. Yeah, and, and that's where I say. Well, that the, means the that gym- I also have to renounce violence that people are inhibiting upon me and upon other people. Like I think, I think that for me, can it be permissible like, and profitable? I mean, obviously, it's it was not profitable for Jim Elliot to do that. Obviously, it was far more profitable for him to to take the L, which he did. He's in glory right now. We couldn't have known that at the time. You could have said, oh my gosh, this great thinker, missionary, he's going to have 40, 50 more years of ministry, make such a difference, and oh, it could have been saved by a gun. Was I don't it, think that, I don't think anybody yeah, thinks that way, think it, yeah. but we also don't think the at way... At the time, that's what I'm saying. At the time, how could we have known? We can't. Yeah. And that's where I'm saying that we just have to be a people who manifest the cross-like, Calvary-looking love. We, we can't... This isn't, this isn't up to us, and we can go back to that verse. I mean, do you really think that Jesus is advocating that we, that we arm ourselves in the use of defense? I think that or do you think he's speaking figuratively th- about what he, where he says, you think that I've come to bring peace? Th- Look, I'm going to divide father and son. Yeah. I'm going to divide. Well, of course he's the, and that's where King would say there's a difference between kingdom peace and the devil's peace. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. We're, we're bringing, hey, sometimes peace is disruptive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that he's, and I understand what you're saying. I do think that Jesus is speaking literally because everything else is in that passage is really literal besides the sword part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I think um, I I think that it's again I think that the argument is being made that we're all it's either all violent or Jesus is starting a violent revolution or he's not and he's not means that it's all passive that there's no. There's no such thing as a self-defense that may entail mm-hmm. the person that you're defending yourself against losing their life. And I think that that is... Wait, say that again? There, that, there, that there's no self-defense that would entail uh-huh. the person that you're defending yourself against losing their life, potentially, mm-hmm. by you defending yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that Jesus can say, I'm not starting a violent revolution, but I also want you to protect yourself without it... Contradicting what it means to be a violent person. Yeah, my my You know, to me, a violent person says, "Violence is my first plan of action." Right, if you right. punch me in the face, I'm punching you in the right, face. Right, right, I'm right. violent. If you yep. shoot me, I'm shooting you. Yep. If you pull your gun out on me, I'm pulling my gun out on you. I have made. I have been preconditioned to meet violence with violence. Mm-hmm. There are some though mm-hmm. that I think are preconditioned to meet violence with violence as a last resort. Yeah. And I think that you can see that in people like law enforcement. I yeah. think that you can, and, and, and we can say that we're not talking about law enforcement, but law enforcement are still people that are individuals. And I have many Christian friends who are law enforcement, sheriffs, everything, that there are people that also have been trained to say violence is a last option. Yeah. I mean, absolutely last resort. I'm going to, I am going to deploy all the peaceful measures that I can deploy before this person tries to take my life or harm somebody, take somebody else's life that I possibly can before I take this person's life. Yeah. And I think that as you talk about how we precondition ourselves to respond, we have, we, we've already made ourselves to these people that are going to respond a certain way because of the way that we have been formed. I think that people can form themselves to, to respond in violence as a last resort. I have peacekeeping measures that I try to keep, and if it's absolutely last resort, I will respond in violence. Well, that's I've what no, the just war theory is. Yeah, and it's never been proper applied for war. I'm, I, 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 I can understand that about for 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 war, but I'm talking about I would as just a, say as an individual on a personal level, the same mentality. If it is an option. As broken, there have been people that have done it though. That's what, that, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. There have been people that have done it that I know of. There are people that have done it. So I can understand if we're talking about war between nations and, and, yeah. and countries yeah, with yeah, power yeah. and artillery. Right. Yeah. I understand that. I don't think that that would work either. But yeah. if we're talking about people, yeah. and, and I and there have been people that have done this, right? Like that have been tried to be as peaceful as they could until yeah. there was a last option. I think of one lady who had a shotgun in the house 
who this guy came in to harm her and her newborn baby. Her husband was just killed in the war. She tried to she tried to deploy every peaceful measure that she could before shooting this guy, including yeah. on the phone with the police, shotgun in hand. Right. What should I do? Should I put it down? Sure. Everything that she could did not kill this guy. But once the guy came in, was trying to go after the kids, the baby knife, the whole thing. She was like, "This is this so is all I could do." Yeah, she did. Yeah. So, so unless you wanted him to, to stab the baby, right? And I, I, and I think that you know certain folks would say, well, if you're a Christian, that's what you signed up for. But what I would, what I believe, and and this could just come to difference of beliefs, is that God has also. God also wants us to preserve life. Yeah, yeah. And that preserve life doesn't just look like cl cl shutting down abortion clinics. Yeah. Um, preserve life doesn't just look like, because that's basically nonviolent, unless you're bombing abortion clinics, which is ridiculous. But I think that my, I think that the Lord will have us preserve life. And sometimes that has me put this dude down, not hoping that I'm not killing him. I don't want to kill him. But, you have to but stop I have to him. stop him. Yeah. You can't ever know if it's the last option. So. And I'm I don't sympathetic. I, I, I agree. Lady, no, I agree with you on that. Was, depending on the situation, right. I agree with you. Sometimes you can. Sometimes you can't. That, but, but I think that that also goes back to you do not know. Also, though, that if that if a person comes in there, yeah. that that person is not pre pre trained sure. to say, "I'm going to lay down my life first, sure. though yeah. I have a gun." Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? The the passage. So yes. here it is, Luke 22. It yeah. is the two swords passage. So. Yeah. I for but now but he said to them but now let the one who has the money bag take it and yeah. like, mm -hmm. likewise a knapsack and the one who has no sword sell his cloak and buy one for I tell you that the scripture must be fulfilled in me mm -hmm. and he was numbered with the transgressors mm -hmm. for what is written about me has its fulfillment and they said to him the disciples mm -hmm. look look here are two swords so mm -hmm. you had a couple of them strapped, of course right? of course here are two swords and then what does he say mm -hmm. and he said to them. It is enough. Now, this is the ESV. It's not. Of course, the yeah, that's what I'm the, at. the I believe the better translation of this is enough with an exclamation point. Huh. As in, as in, you still don't enough of that. You still think that I'm speaking in literal terms. Yeah. That you actually want me to. Uh huh. Blockheaded disciples. Well, here are two swords. Uh, enough of that. Mm -hmm. Enough of that. You still. You've been following me for three years, and you still think that I'm going to resort to violence mm -hmm. when threatened or when you're threatened. Mm -hmm. And then you've got a little bit later, disarming Peter. What are you thinking? Mm -hmm. We don't cut off ears. We heal ears. Mm -hmm. So I, did you think? Yeah, the, I know did you think I know the temple I, cleansing was pacif was was pacifist esque? Pacifist. Yeah. Yeah. I guess a little wordy doesn't it um, <laughs> yes you know, jesus binding cords and running and turning tables and running people out whipping people. people whipping people yeah how do you know he whipped people? well i didn't say whip people but oh, he well, said he drove said, them out drove them especially out, yeah. if you study the language in john's yes gospel you'll see that it is the animals and gotcha. what he's doing the temple cleansing is so we can beat animals people. now so now we, <laughs> now we gotta talk about peter it is <laughs> And, and I don't know. Beating animals. I violence know. is violence. It is. He is cracking the whip, which is if you look at. Well, what yeah, it may not be. He, does, that means that he's the cracking. Way that you start a stampede. Yeah, I'm saying animals. that he may not be cracking he's not people. Beating no, he's not I, and let me just no animals, but the 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 temple scene is street theater. Jesus is causing a scene. I mean, he is, he is acting out street theater, causing a scene. Mm -hmm. He's not he's not violent. I don't want to use that as an argument. For no, I, yeah, I don't think. So. I just okay. I just I was curious to what you thought about. And I was going to say but, that the Luke passage, you know, uh, commentators on all biblical scholars are like split down the middle with what sure, Jesus means sure, by the, it's sure, enough sure. thing. Some people think it is what you say. Some people think he's saying no. It's yeah, yeah, enough yeah. that you have. So Keith, I've studied it. People are like on both sides. But as Augustine said, you interpret. The ant hills by the mountains. True. Not by. You saying the general arc of the scripture is yeah. leaning away from using any sort of self defense that would require hurting the person that you're talking that you're the witness of Jesus. Mm -hmm. The witness of Jesus. That's what converted me, right? And I'm yeah. from Texas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My family owns guns. My dad, I'm I'm sure, will try to pass down family guns to me. I'm gonna yeah. have to decide <laughs> what I do in that moment. Yeah, do, we, yeah. do we say, look, there's something here of kind of the legacy that we're gonna. We'll have the guns, but not any ammo. In yeah, the house. exactly. Or yeah, do we yeah. just say, "Dad, I, I love you. I, I can't go there." Yeah, yeah. uh huh. I, we'll decide that in the moment. Uh -huh. So I'm not some, you know, East Coast granola. No, I don't think. Yeah, kind of <laughs> what? Hey, those are my brothers and sisters too. But that's not my context. Exactly. I'm in the middle of Kansas, of God, country, guns, culture. Mm -hmm. 
That's my context, yeah. right? Yeah. And I believe I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give this up because I believe it is a powerful witness to the King and the Kingdom. That I cannot disagree. Yeah, with. I can't do that and, either. And I, so, Keith, we really, really need to get you to talk about spiritual formation and white privilege, but we can't do it right now. We'll try to yeah, catch yeah, you before yeah. okay. before you uh, fly out, um, fly home. Sure, sure. Uh, this has been very, very helpful. Yes. I think, yeah. I think what we do agree on yeah. is that the 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 testimony of um, Christ is centered around laying your life down Amen. for another. And Amen. I don't think... And your enemy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, enemy and loving your enemy. enemy. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, I, I don't think that those who are, who are healthy Christians and are pro-Second Amendment um, would deny that. I think that they would, they would struggle with the application of that and not see it as absolute. Um, the, as as maybe the the Anabaptists would. Mm -hmm. um, however, I do need to hear. KB needs to hear that you are safe in Jesus. Amen. The, All of the, us. The gun has not added safety to you. Yes. In in in, in an eternal sense. Yeah. Um, Psalm twenty. Yeah. Some trust in chariots and horses. Yeah. But mm -hmm. we trust in the name of the Lord. Yes. Amen. They yeah. still had armies. Though. You just you, you walked into oh, that one. Yeah, because he had chariots and he had swords. Oh, yeah, chariots and he had swords. I was like, dang, keys. No, but the principle still applies. Amen. Our confidence is not in the weapons that we have at our display, and I think we still believe in that, even though there's this disagreement about how we actually apply that. But we we gotta let you go. Thank you. This has been super helpful. Thank you for the challenge. Thank you guys. My God, for the conversation. And this is why this going. Thank you for. Even, you know, last night when we chatted and you said, let's talk about that. And I was like, yeah, great. Because <laughs> the chief temptations that has always been there for followers of Christ, yeah. money, sex, and power. Yeah. Yes. Money, sex, and power. I believe that the church has compromised itself in ways in all three. Yeah. But especially in terms of power for the last 1,700 years. Nobody Amen. can disagree yeah, with nobody, that. Nobody, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Thank you. We have to talk about that. that. So, yeah. so thanks for just facilitating a conversation. Yeah. Love the spirit of you guys. Man, likewise. Keith, you, you know we love you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, man. He's a he's a he's he's not a father in the faith yet. He's an older brother in the faith right now. He's our older brother he's in the an faith. He's the cool older brother, brother in the faith. Like, he's oh no, he's an uncle. He's an uncle. Yeah, but he's like your uncle. That he's like as old as how old are you though? He's he's the same age as us. No, wait, wait, wait. y'all got a guess on this. Thirty-four. Yeah, I would say thirty-three. Man, y'all think I would say like thirty-two. I would say like thirty-one. Thirty. You're thirty-one. No way. I think I'm old. Hold on, you're, no, you're in your twenties. I'm 38. Oh, <laughs> I was like, no way. I was like, what am I doing with my life? It's because he does his. <laughs> but Keith is like your uncle that comes into town and he has like a Camaro and it's always new. Yes. And, and, he, and it's like a convertible. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> man, man, what's up? Like, it's like your cool <laughs> uncle. Like, and then the next time you see him, he's on a bike with the helmet. Hey, with the bike? Oh, a bike? Like, bicycle? Like a motorcycle. No, oh, like, okay. Like, Come on, man. Like, man. Gosh, man. Black families, we, we have cool uncles growing up, and then when you get older, they're like... They, what, alcoholics? <laughs> they were like, oh, that's why we thought he was so like, cool. Yeah, that's why he was so chill. My uncle was coming around dropping BMWs high all the time.